Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I embrace my social journey as valuable opportunities to have a mirror held up to me. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And I'm laughing because a car just drove past with 44 in the number plate, which is angel number. Wow, we've so, talked of that before, haven't we? Beck always sees the 44, 44 everywhere. I'm, I'm an 1111 girl or a 111. I'm 88s and 44s, abundance and power. But anyway, it's enough about us. Let's talk about you guys. We are here today to cover a topic which you might think, oh, haven't you girls done that? But yeah, no, we're always going to try and give a different twist on this. So we know we've talked about dating because, of course, Jane's the love doctor. We know we've talked about how to get the date and lots of early relationship and single staff. Today we're talking about the very early stages of when you first come into energetic contact with someone. Now, we can talk about it in terms of dating, but those of you who might be married or happily settled down, maybe you want to think about it in terms of new friendships or colleagues that come into your spheres because we can guarantee that the things we'll be talking about today are going to universally apply. So what are we talking about today? We're looking at things like when you first meet someone and they you start to see them a few times, the, the kinds of little red flags that sometimes come up, something might be beautiful, but there might be a zzzz or a uh there for you, might be the way that they handle their money, you might be a little off-the-cuff off comment they make or a behaviour that you see them do, things that start to come up that make you think, I don't know if I can really trust this person, I really, can I really go there with this person, should I be worried about that? This is off the back of um, one email that we did get um, where a girl wanted us to go quite deeply into generosity and financial aspects of early dating because she's really hung up on, you know, what's the etiquette regarding who should pay for dinner, groceries, when you're cooking, when you're going on holiday with the person, etc. Um, but then she also wanted to say, look, how do you date multiple guys in a healthy way, you know, without jumping into a serious relationship right away? How do you manage dating multiple people and be fair and honest about it? I just think when we first come into new relationships with anyone there's so much protocol and etiquette in so many different areas and jane has answers for all of this which is fantastic we're, <laughs> I hope we're, so. we're very lucky to have a love doctor here with us who's, <laughs> who's seen this play out you know jane you would have people come to you through your social eight business all the time and say what do i do i've got this guy i've got that guy who pays da, 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 da. Mm. what is what what do you think is the best advice for some of this basic etiquette for well, starting out the first thing is that people want me to give one rule that fits all and there is no one rule that fits all. I love you know, you, Jane. it would be so easy to just say, right, here are the dating rules. I wave my wand over the four million single people that are in Australia, and these are the rules that you follow, and it would be so much simpler <laughs> for everybody. Wouldn't it? However, you're not going to learn much. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn much at all because you're all going to be doing the same thing. And it's the contrast that we observe in each other that gives rise to a new desire and clarity of what it is you do desire. So it is important that you do observe the things that you don't want in in a partner. But first off, what I want to talk about is when a button gets pressed on something like it has with this girl about generosity. So I'm taking it that she's probably gone on some dates and maybe there's been the guy who has said, oh, well, your half of the bill is $34.16 and mine is whatever. She's used the word penny pinching. Penny here. pinching. Okay, yeah. right. So, all right, okay, there we are. Um, and so that's pressed a button in her. Now, two ways to go. First is to not self-sabotage the opportunity of connecting deeper and richer with this person. So the inaccurate assumption that could be made here is that, Oh, they're tight with money. 
And so I don't want somebody that's tight with money. I've had that before and I'm not interested in going there. Yes. So let's write this person off and I'm not seeing them again. Then, Dumped. And she, Gone. she uses the sentence, I like generosity. It makes me feel loved and supported. Okay. So there's a love language thing, which we'll get onto in a, a needy little child inside that needs some work done. The thing that we need to remember is that most of our life, even for those of us that that talk about this stuff, that listen to these types of podcasts, you know, that listen to all the shows on the wellness couch, we are consciously aware people. And yet, I don't know what the percentage would be, but I'm going to take a guess that even those of us that are rich, deep thinkers that feel as though we question everything in life, we actually run on automatic pilot for a lot of our life. So true. so we're just burning off old stories and beliefs. That's it. All and we're not time. questioning it. No. So how, who are we to to dismiss this person as not being generous when this is what all he's ever known? It's how he was brought up, it's what's always happened. Nobody's ever questioned it in his life. And therefore he's never stopped to actually think why do I do that? Maybe he's thinking he's just being fair's fair. Yeah, that's right. Or exactly. An equalist or... Exactly. Maybe he's had somebody in his past who didn't like that he paid for everything mm. and he's trying to, to respect equality. Who knows? Let's not make the assumptions. So first off, observe it and recognize that that sting is about yourself. Secondly, don't rule that person off until you've had the conversation to ask the questions to the answers that you want. Now, you may say, do you find it really important to always be very fair with money? Or I'm curious to know how you have come to the decision to manage dating in this way. It's not accusing of anything. It's not making assumptions. It's asking a fascinating question. Yeah. And you might find this person has this glazed blank look come over them and go, what? What are you talking about? And then it might be, look, I'm just starting to observe different things in my life. And you may never have questioned this, but why do we do things this way? Mm -hmm. Love it. You know, and I'm thinking with this, this episode actually may couple quite well with the shadow work episode that we did because. Yeah, it would. Absolutely. Something you said three minutes ago just there about, um, you know, if, if this chick is feeling an immediate button being pressed on penny pinching, Get your pen and paper out. Why does it bother you so much that somebody else is penny pinching or not being generous? Where are you penny pinching or not being generous in your own life? It's only bothering you because there's some unhealed, unlooked at part of yourself there that's calling. And I would say that you would probably not so much be looking at the penny pinching, but the unearned sense of entitlement that people who often are penny pinching can have. I want to come back to a little comment in our podcast. Was it last week's? No, it was a, it was a while ago. When we talked about natural, lost wisdom in natural yeah, medicine, yeah. and you were talking about the story of you were in a shop where you're in a, 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 natu- a naturopathy mm, shop or something, health, food, health store. food store, and somebody was wanting to buy green tea, and you said, oh, for God's sake, just go out and get the plant and put some water in it and there's your tea. Yeah. And I had I shared that when I saw you do that, it was something I'd never questioned. But now I'm questioning, what packets am I opening that I could be doing myself? So there would be a massive list in life of things that we just are on automatic pilot about. Now, the big ones, we know we want people to be more consciously aware of what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they're putting in their mouths, what they're consciously choosing to do, what they're setting their intent for. But what about the small everyday things of how you pay for something? 
what about how you line up at a supermarket and do you make sure nobody's getting in front of me? I'm the next one. I've got. I, I don't want somebody pushing in. That's not fair. Yeah. Pick me. I'm the, they, they served her first, and I was before her. Yes. You know. Yes. Where does that thought come from? We don't give it any conscious awareness. We're an automatic pilot. Correct. So in the early stages of dating. A lot of this stuff is automatic pilot and you are judging somebody on something that they might effortlessly say, do you know, I've never really given it much thought but you and are, it doesn't bother me. Would you like me to pay? You are judging somebody on stuff which may be unself-examined in your own self. So you're just, you're coming out with immediate, yeah. That's right. So you're standing in the checkout line and somebody else gets served before you when you think it's your turn. Yeah. Where does that come from? Poor me, I'm not being noticed again. Other people are getting the attention that I'm not getting. Inner child episode. Inner child. <laughs> well, it's always inner child. Everything is. So that early stages of dating, it doesn't matter. You can be the adult. You can step up and just say easily, perhaps even in the early part of the dinner, just saying when you're looking over the menu and choosing what you want to order if it is a meal, and just say, you know, now it's always awkward in the early stages because we're all getting to know each other. How do you feel most comfortable about handling the bill? Yeah. Let's just ask the question yeah. and go with whatever they say, you know, or speak your truth. If they say, look, you know, I actually feel more comfortable. I'd like to pay this because I instigated it. I've invited you. It would be my, my honor to pay. I'm enjoying your company. Great. Accept it. Or if you don't feel comfortable, just say, look, I'd really like to go halves in this. Are you comfortable with that? Or look, I'd really be comfortable with just paying for what I've ordered if you're comfortable with that. Fantastic. Terrific. Where should you draw the line in early dating or early getting to know anyone if it actually really is unhealthy or dangerous or just not not good territory? Talk about that, Jane. Okay, well, so should we use the same example? Money is the example. Yeah. Well, it's when you've asked the questions and you're not satisfied with the answers. And you're not satisfied not just in a in a princessy way, but you're not satisfied in a in that they have consciously chosen why they're acting out something in a way that they are. Which, which, so they've got a behavior that they, you've had the conversation, so you've raised it from automatic behavior, unconscious behavior, to conscious behavior. So now we're having a conversation about something, and you want to know why is it that you do feel, act, or behave in a particular way. And then if they can say, well, you know what, this is actually something I've done a lot of work on because in my past I was this, this, and this, and I'm just trialing it this way because I feel this might be more authentic for me. There's a consciously aware person right. who's not dug their heels in and they're not stuck in one way. They're just trying different things. They're not blindly just yet yeah. operating through life. Exactly. Or it could be it's always done this way. This is fair and this is how I feel it should be and that's it. So now they're rigid on it. And if you then don't like it, there's your line in the sand. They're rigid. Great, we've had the discussion. I know. But you're not making assumptions. Yeah, yeah, okay. So generosity, you know, the most generous of person could be the penny picture, but they are playing a game that has come from whatever their story is. Mm. Penny pinching can come from so many different areas. Often it comes from a a sense of lack, uh, a fear that um, there's not going to be enough, Um, there has been struggle, and maybe once it's brought up they might actually realise For example, with money, one of the simplest things that I have had this conversation dozens of times with people, when they'll say, you know, I'm really worried about the bills being paid, I'm worried about money, I'll say, right, let's look at that. When was the last time that you actually couldn't pay a bill? Really, honestly, couldn't pay it. I mean, yes, there'd be times you might ring up the, you know, you get the ridiculous $1,500 extra bill that you didn't, electricity bill that you didn't expect it to be 
you know, you thought it was going to be a quarter of that or half of that. Yes. So, yes, you ring up the company and you go on a payment plan. That's absolutely fine. You're managing your money. But when was the last time that you actually couldn't pay a bill? And I'm going to say that 99% of the people that are listening to this actually would say, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. So where is this fear coming from? It is an unconscious fear stemmed from listening to parents that were in a different time, space, reality, oh, in a different era, totally. that had different challenges, and ha- they had come from their parents who came through, you know, the depression, and they they grew up in a sense of lack Jane, because there was lack. You're saying everything that I want to say. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's so true. The programming. We talked about this, I think, last week as well. How you can be raised by someone who themselves was raised by someone who used to live in the Victorian era, and some of those ancient old you know ways of uh, raising a child can actually get filtered down through many generations yeah so this is just unconscious thinking it's just well that's the way it's always been you know why do you now here's a little silly little unconscious thing most people will go one of two ways when they put their shoes and socks on some will put both socks on and then they will put both shoes on but i can guarantee you that they all go to the same leg every single time i love it you know unconscious awareness hilarious okay so, what happens if you put your other sock on first? It feels different. It feels uncomfortable. It's not how you're doing it, but now you're consciously aware of which so- sock am I putting on first. This, this Jane's using a really cool analogy because when I go into high schools, one of the things what, that we show the students is we say, clasp your hands together and see which thumb is on top. On top. Right? And then we say to them, now, clasp your hands together and put the other thumb on top. And everyone's like, oh, that feels a bit weird. It's a bit, you've got to kind of think about it. Like, it's a bit, a bit funny, a bit awkward. And we say, and it's exactly the same way when it comes to changing your beliefs. It is possible to change them, but if they're deeply ingrained, initially it's going to feel a bit awkward and uncomfortable. You kind of have to stop and think about it a bit to get it going. But once you do it, it's like anything, like the dances with the muscle memory. It just it just becomes, yeah. So the reason for all of this is that what if potentially you're dating someone or let's talk social, this isn't about dating. You've just met somebody and you're really are connecting with them, but there's some things that are annoying and you think they could be a really good friend or they could be a great work colleague or whatever, somebody important to you socially, and you could be about to write them off for something that they've never given any thought to. Yeah. And they're actually not attached to it and they're quite open to a different way of doing it. This goes back to what Jane was saying about assumptions as well. You know, even if we stick with that penny pinching, you know, what's to say that somebody who you've judged to be a penny pincher over dinner isn't a hugely generous person who gives up their weekends at the local animal shelter. I was about to say, or they're a philanthropist because they sit there and go, you know what, that $1 that I just saved off of that meal that I just ordered, I know that that's going to go and buy another tree that's going to do the trees for life or whatever charity it is that they're doing or another tin of soup for the homeless, et cetera, et cetera. This is Jane's three-date rule where, you know, you really need to give people a chance often to see the many, many facets and layers because people are very complex and not just that black and white and that surface. That's right. So the first thing there is to leave your judgment and assessments behind, the inaccurate assessments. The second thing is to ask the questions that you want the answers to, to find out are they consciously aware or are they not? So was this a deliberate decision to behave in this way or is this something they've never given thought to? Now, get the answer. If it's a decision they've chosen to be and you're not comfortable with it, then you move on. If they are unconscious about it, have the discussion. You may well find that they're, co- they're now becoming consciously aware and they're quite open and receptive to perhaps doing things in a different way. And... That is going to move you through the dating process in a much more effortless, easy way. Third thing, of course, is to question, why does this bother you? Why does it bother you? 
And Beck will often say that to me. You know, I'll say, you know, I've got this client. I just there's just this thing, and she'll say, why does it bother you, Jane? What button is it pressing in you? And of course, doing the work I do, I get to meet every sort of person and have every button pressed in me. Yeah, which is good. Helps yeah. me grow. And and you know, this is actually the point of today's podcast that I'd like to make because I've just been seeing this more and more in my own personal work as well. You know. So many times people come to me for for a psychic reading, and if, and I totally understand this. All they want to talk about is their love life, and there's this guy, or you know, there's this woman. I can't get over her, and but what about da 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 da? And but what does he mean when he? And is he thinking this? And da da da. da and I'm like, do you know what? It's actually got absolutely nothing to do with that person. People hate hearing that. I hate hearing that too. But it's like, actually, every single soul that comes in is coming in on the vibration that you're putting out. So if you are single and you are starting to get out there and men or women are coming forward, I can guarantee you the universe is only sending you people who are coming as gifts to trigger your next level of healing. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you're starting to date someone or, again, if we want to use the analogy, you've met a new friend or there's someone new at work and they're starting to give you some uncertain feelings if, if anything emotional, a slightly what we call an over-abnormal emotional reaction is, is starting to come out of you on anything, doesn't matter what the thing is, that's just the trigger. You want to look at what the emotion you're feeling around it is. That person has come to hold up a mirror. You know, lovers, partners, friends, they all just reflect. They're just reflections of our own face in a still pool, okay? We're just looking back at ourselves. So, and again, that's why I said let's go back to this shadow work podcast that we did because every time they are doing something, which doesn't sit right with you, it's because it doesn't sit right inside you with your own stuff. There's some part of yourself that's calling out for to be addressed, to be looked at, to be deeper analyzed, to be healed, to be released, to be worked on. It's all shadow work. So the, this is the cool part is that you can use other people, you can use the kind of men or people that are coming into your life as a barometer, as a, as a report card, as it were, as a benchmark to see how well you're tracking with your self-work because the cleaner you're getting, and the higher your vibration is going, the cleaner and cleaner and less dramatic and more switched on and cool, consciously aware, open, authentic souls are only going to be in your reality. You actually start to switch dimensions. You leave behind a whole slather of people and you only start to people your reality with people who are very clean and very easy streets. Nirvana on earth. Nice. Jane, the second part of this um, email that this woman said where she was talking about um, – how to date multiple people in a healthy way, which we've talked about before when we said, you know, America, for example, they're really comfortable with that concept. It's a big dating culture. Nothing is um, a problem unless you've actually had the exclusivity conversation. What do we do here in Australia in terms of, because I love the way she's worded it, how do I manage dating multiple people and be fair and honest about it? Yeah, it's interesting because we seem to have more of an English take on this and it's almost really a schoolyard take. It's like you, you're 15 years old and your friend walks over to you and says, that boy likes you and do you like him? Yes, okay, you've got a boyfriend now. First best friend, second best friend, third best friend. It's, you know, I know, that's it. Yeah. It's very childlike. We're worried about injuring or hurting other people we're all grown-ups in this equation Look, as well i see all versions of this play out because at, with the dinner so we send out six people to a dinner three girls three guys the next day i send out feedback and i will get feedback from people saying well i really liked this girl i thought she was fantastic and then i'll get an email two days later saying if you heard from her does she want to swap phone numbers and i say, we haven't heard yet but she might be busy oh no we'll forget it then delete that that thing if she can't make me a priority then i'm not interested 
And I think, whoa, okay, is a little a little hurt little boy that's wanting to be very needy and be noticed. Validated, yeah. Then I have the person who swaps phone numbers. So I'll send the emails off that will say, here's so-and-so's phone number. You know, Jack swapped with Sue and Sue swapped with Jack. There you go. And then Sue sends me an email saying, right, please make my file inactive now because she's assumed she's in a relationship. Oh, dear. Okay, they're two, they're two extremes, but yep. I do see, unfortunately, too much of it. Then there are people who um, who want to date multiple people and they believe that's absolutely fine because they're not having sexual intimacy. They're not, you know, this, this is just catching up with people and getting to know them. Yeah. And that's where I actually, if I was single, that's exactly what I would be doing. Um, but, um, but then they let the other person know and the other person's horrified and says, well, I'm not interested in a competition. If you don't see me as being the best thing and get excited by seeing me every every week or every day or whatever, then I don't want you in my life. Yeah. So that's over. You know, it's these little inner children that are so insecure and needy. And again, so how do you handle they're it? They're using all of this to play out there. It's it's all just, again, back to the mirroring. It's all just mirroring back to you where you need to just chill out and come to terms with some of your, your own yeah. confidence issues. So what I would do in Australia, if I was living in America, it would be I'd be dating American stocks. I think it's fantastic. So what will I do in Australia? I'm dating American style, which means that I'm dating lots of people. I might kiss somebody if I like them. I'm not having sex with them because that's my own boundaries that I've chosen to apply that I'm not interested in having sex unless I'm in a monogamous relationship. And a monogamous relationship for me is one that has had the conversation. So what do I do? I've got a pair and a spare. Why do we have a pair and a spare? Because if you're dating one person, it, this is uh, Dr. Uh, who is it? Dr. Pat Allen's work. She's a wonderful psychotherapist in the States, uh, specializes in single people, but particularly helping alpha women. She's fantastic. Um, her thing of a pair and a spare is if you date one, it's too intense. You're vulnerable to hanging around waiting for him or her to call, blah, blah, when you're seeing them next. If you're dating a pair, if you're dating two, then you're comparing. It's either or. Mm -hmm. If you're dating a third, so you've got a pair and a spare, you're so busy doing it all that the intensity is all gone and you're just having a good time. Now, why? how would I handle it here in Australia? Look, I think that um, I actually wouldn't just talk about it. I don't think it's it's necessary to talk about if I'm seeing anybody else because I'm seeing lots of people every day. I'm walking down the street. I'm meeting people all the time. Okay, at the end so, of the day, this is, a, this is an inner compass. This is a moral ethics thing. If you feel that you've overstepped a line, as in ethically, morally, with, say, two different people that you're both courting in your life, that's very much up to your own conscience. It barometer. is, and each person draws that line individually. And that's just what – and, again, this just goes back to better knowing yourself, using your intuition, tapping into your body and doing what's right by your heart, you know, and, and, and it's, it's all of those basic tenets. Do us to others as you wish to have done unto you. Treat others as you want to be treated, you know, and that kind of thing. You know, something, though, that's interesting, because so many of you listening are so consciously aware, and if you are actually going out and dating, often it means that you are – I've got to say, you, you're probably not doing it in the sort of the mainstream suburban way. You might be doing it much more in sort of a spiritual way. And that might mean you may be having some very strong energies coming in, in into your sphere that you're attracting because you're that much more advanced and aware about the game. And, you know, you may be – look, I, I'm thinking of a girlfriend right now as I'm talking who's quite spiritually open, quite holistic. She's single. And what has the universe done? The universe has sent her two men – who she's both got the strongest hooks with and the strongest soul connections. And I even just had her on the phone this morning, Rebecca, Rebecca, what do I do? And I channeled, and of course, again, 
it's not about either of the men. Because, you know, she could give me clipboards on the profile of this one versus that <laughs> one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. She's comparing. She's comparing. Either or. Absolutely. And so, and I said to her, her, you know, in this case, and I'll tell this story in case it helps anyone listening, um, you know, she's in the process of, as we all are, of growth and evolving and leaving one level and going to the next level. Now, one guy represents the old her and the patterns she's always mm-hmm. had, the guy that's the easy one that she feels in control of, she feels in her power zone, she feels adored, it's all for the ego. The other guy represents new territory she's been working on, which is vulnerability. She's scared in that environment. It reminds her of her childhood where she couldn't let go and trust and be safe. But he's offering a beautiful, safe space that's regular and reliable and constant. And she's never seen this before. And she doesn't know what to do about that. And that's why she's she's hooked to him because it is nurturing her at a deep level, but she's also very scared because it's very new territory. Okay, so I, nice, think some, I like this. Sometimes we need to look at people in this way as well. Maybe the reason that person's scaring you, it's not about the penny pinching or it's not about those few things on paper that you're putting down that might be a bit shallow. It may actually be energetically they're presenting something that's here for you to really work on, you know, really go into, really spend some time in this energy because you've been running from it. Um, you know, if there's that one person that you keep ducking or weaving or not texting back or not following up with, maybe it's not just because they're bad for you and you should just draw the line and cut them out. Maybe it's because they actually, you actually do need to see that person because seeing them terrifies you because there's some self-work there to be done. Jane's got the wisest nod, <laughs> like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> Beautiful. So to go even deeper, you can actually date everybody and where are the rules in the, in the, the sand? There are none. Well, the thing is, and this is, the, this is kind of the mind-screwy part. Yeah, as, it is the mind-screwy. Highly, highly spiritual people. I mean, if you look at time, energy, and space, where there, there is no time, it's just everything's happening all, all at once out there in the universe simultaneously. We are as souls in love with so many other souls in many different times, energy, spaces, dimensions. Right now, your soul's probably in 87,000 marriages and all these different planets, and we love all of these men, women, children, family members equally. There's never a lack of love. There's always enough love. It's like when I hear a mother say, I've already got three kids and I'm having a fourth. It's like, I know it sounds crazy, but what if I, what if this one doesn't fit in and I haven't got enough left to give this one? And it's like, but there's always room yeah, for more expands. love. And when yes. you have that baby, you realize, oh, I love this one in a whole different, new, totally different way. Like, And that's the cool, amazing thing about the dynamics in our relationships with people is, as you all know, there's no two ever the same. If you compare every relationship you've ever had, they are all so flavored, so different, so unique. Everything about the chemistry, the dynamics, the the interplay, everything is just like a fingerprint. Like There's no two the same. Even the people that have the the patterns where they keep attracting in the same kind of person. But the two energies, like the, the energies that you share with each individual are always unique to just... It's like a recipe. It's like a blend that the two of you create in a test tube. It's, it's an individual thing. Where am I going with this again? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I feel that the whole multiple dating thing is That's down to going. the individual where if you are working on yourself and you are choosing to socially expand, whether it's with dating or meeting new people, it's irrelevant whether it's dating or expanding your social life. Same thing. Same, same, different. So if you are choosing to expand your social arena and engage with new people in your life, if you are taking these opportunities as mirrors that are being held up to you to show you more about you, to learn more about you, to love more about you, to heal more about you, then can you handle doing it with lots of different people or would you prefer to just be meeting one new person at a time and working through what's being shown up to you? 
So the answer is what's right for you. Now, if you want to turbo boost it, meet as many people as you can, have as many buttons pressed in your life as you can, and go for it and heal and grow. If you want to do it gently, then you just date or meet or expand to one person at a time in your life. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think that we're there today, Jane. Um, do you want to tell people how to reach us on Facebook? Yes, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show, all one word. We are loving your emails. Mm, they get deeper they, and deeper. They're getting longer and longer. And I can't read most of them on my phone because they just go on forever. I have to wait till I get the laptop up. They're and, gorgeous. And some of you guys are getting younger and younger, like we're hearing from teenagers, which is oh, no, oh, it's awesome. so exciting. These kids are just going to be such switched on adults. Changing the world. Oh, I wish I'd had this knowledge <laughs> wisdom when I was their age. It's beautiful. So we love to hear from you. I embrace my social journey as valuable opportunities to have a mirror held up to me. Gorgeous. Let that be your affirmation for this week. Go about your week consciously aware. Catch us next Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com for your next free half hour love life podcast show. And until such time, I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a divine week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.